Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFL Week 9 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Yes, I'm doing an episode. I didn't bail. I apologize for it being uh, late. Uh, usually it's released Thursday morning. I'm now recording. I'm not recording this until Thursday afternoon. Uh, big reason why, well, I mean, the only reason why is basically because of the election. Uh, I've been covering uh, the election for the Odd Shark social media accounts, obviously. Um, throughout the past couple of days, I was up till 4 a.m. Uh, the night of the election, 4 a.m. my time, before I finally shut my laptop. Uh, and then I had to get up a few hours later and head into the office to shoot my uh, master's preview, which is up on the Odd Shark YouTube channel. Uh, and then I had to work the day, came home last night, had to do my uh, radio uh, for Saskatchewan, shout out Sports Cage in Saskatchewan, I do that radio spot every Wednesday, uh, and by the time that was over, I was exhausted, I could barely keep my eyes open, uh, so there was no way I was going to be able to finish handicapping the NFL games and then report, uh, record the podcast last night, so... I uh, went to bed early, got a good sleep, a much needed sleep, and I am back up. I'm ready to go, so I'm recording this Thursday afternoon. Uh, when I eventually get into the Thursday night football game, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because the large majority of you won't be able to listen to this before the Thursday night game. Uh, but a few things to go over here first. I mean, first off, I, I have to mention the election. I said, I think, in my first ever episode that I wasn't going to talk politics at all, but uh, that ele election night was crazy. The odds shifting. Um, back and forth, Trump was a massive, massive favorite at like uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then even when I went to bed, Trump was still a favorite throughout the night. When I finally shut my laptop, he was still like minus 240. I slept for four hours. I woke up and uh, Biden was a big favorite. Uh, now, as of Thursday afternoon, he's like minus 1,200. So the U.S. election is just about over. But um, uh, I mean, the, the whole betting odds thing, Odd Shark Twitter just absolutely exploded. We gained like 18,000 followers that one night. We were getting quoted left and right. Colin Coward did. David Dave Portnoy did a few times. Uh, Portnoy ended up having to go back and delete all of them, which I expected was going to happen because uh, they're owned by Penn National. For the fact that he was quoting Odd Shark is, uh, was uh, extremely surprising. Um but uh, with the election and all the odds uh, that were going on, I actually have an interview set up next week. First ever interview on the Bacon Bets podcast. I'll be interviewing Dave Mason with Bet Online. Uh, I always talk about the two books I use are Bovada and Bet Online. Uh, this week's odds, actually, when I get into this week's picks, they all are all per Bet Online. That was one of the books we were quoting for election odds throughout the night. Uh, I'm going to talk to him next week. Uh, I'm going to do two episodes next week. So this one, uh, the one in the interview with Dave Mason will be on Tuesday morning's episode. I want to talk to him just about, uh, I have a lot of questions about the odds. Like where did the odds shift because they, they saw something that made it seem like Trump was going to win or did they make Trump the favor because they needed Biden money to kind of even it out? Um, what kind of this they were seeing from a sports book angle of the election, what kind of ha uh, handle they had on it. I assume uh, it was millions and millions of dollars, so I'm interested to talk to Dave Mason of Bet Online next week. Uh, that's going to be interesting, but it looks like uh, Joe Biden has won. Uh, I'm Canadian, so I have no uh, no horse in this race. I tweeted out uh, a tweet about how 
people thought uh, people who think Trump was going to win just because he was an underdog the first time. I said that. I mean, those people are just hilarious. Uh, and then some people unfollowed me. Some people got pissed because uh, they thought that I was just like I'm part of the left and I was rooting against Donald Trump. That's not what I was saying whatsoever. Uh, the only point I was trying to make was that, like, just because an underdog wins last time doesn't mean that they're going to win a second time just because they won the first time. Nobody has that uh, line of thinking in in sports betting. The comparison I made in uh, in the tweet was, does this mean that the next time the Raiders play the Chiefs later this season, everyone's going to be like, well, uh, you set the Chiefs as minus nine favorites last time and we saw what happened, because that's what it was. Every time a tweet would get sent out uh, from Oddshark leading up to the election that Joe Biden was the favorite, a ton of people in the replies were like, yo, Hillary Clinton was a favorite last time and we see what happened, so Trump is free money, hammer Trump. Uh, yeah, Trump still could have won. We thought for a while that he was going to win, and I'm, I'm not rooting against Trump. I'm not rooting against Biden either. I'm Canadian. I don't have a horse in the race. But um, for people to say that the only like their reasoning behind backing Trump was because he won as an underdog in, in 2016 is just silly. The Raiders just beat the Chiefs when the Chiefs get released as like eight point favorites or nine point favorites in their next game later this NFL season. Uh, is everyone going to be in the replies saying, "Oh, Chiefs are nine point favorites last time," and we see what happened? No, because underdogs win sometimes, but. I mean, most of the time they don't. That's why they're underdogs. Um, but I don't care who wins because, to be honest, uh, the whole system is broken, both in the U.S. Uh, and in Canada. The system is broken, and if you don't realize that, then you're an idiot. If you think by Joe Biden is looking out for your best interests as a common citizen in the United States, you're a complete idiot. If you think Donald Trump is looking out for your best interests as a citizen of the United States, you're a complete idiot. If you think Justin Trudeau is looking out for your best interest uh, as a Canadian, for the Canadians listening, uh, you're an idiot. Politicians look out for themselves. Uh, they want to make as much money as possible while while also uh, getting like the highest spot possible, the big status symbol. Um, and then second, uh, the second thing that they that they're concerned about is their party. Uh, they want to make sure their team wins. Um, uh, the third, or in some cases, might even be the first uh, thing that they worry about is uh, the people who donate to their um, to their campaigns, campaign donors. They want their best interest at, at their forefront. The interest of the common people is almost at last on the list of things that they actually care about. So. I mean, who, who who are you supposed to vote for if you think is, the system is broken? I don't know. If I was American, I, I don't know if I would have voted at all. Because I don't like Biden. I don't like Trump. I don't like any politicians, and the whole system needs to be rebuilt, but it never will. <laughs> so there's my take on politics. I'm not on either side. Don't get mad at me. Um, but that's it. That's uh, all we're going to do for politics. Like I said, I'm going to interview Dave Mason next week just about uh, kind of what was going on from a, from the bet online perspective during the U.S. election as odds were jumping all over the place. Uh, but yeah, let's get into some football. I, uh, I am going to review my picks from last week, but really quick before I do that, I do want to talk about uh, underdogs and favorites because underdogs and favorites, uh, I mentioned last week, I thought uh, favorites were going to have a bounce back week because of how much underdogs uh, have been hitting, and I was dead wrong. Underdogs, actually, I think they might have had their best week so far in the season, so I was dead wrong about that, but I did look into some numbers. I dove into this. I wanted to share these numbers with you guys. They are very interesting numbers. Um, so the underdogs through the first eight weeks are covering the spread at the fourth highest rate in history. So, so far, underdogs are covering the spread at a rate of 58.11%. Uh, the only years that ha underdogs have covered at a higher rate is um, 2002, 
59.5% through the first eight weeks. 2012, 60.9% through the first eight weeks. And then the uh, year that had the underdogs covering the most through the first eight weeks was 1999. Underdogs were covering at a rate of 62.3% through the first eight weeks. Uh, so I talked to our stats guide, Odd Shark. I got him to dig these numbers up. Uh, as far as how underdogs did the rest of the season after the first eight weeks in those three seasons, and numbers went way down, as expected. At least in two of the three years, there was a regression to the mean. Uh, so the year that um, the only year that didn't was 2002, but it still went down. So in 2002, underdogs were covering at 59.5% through the first eight weeks. The rest of the way out, they still did cover at higher than 50%, but it did drop down to 54.1%. But the really significant years are the other two years. So um, 2012, which had a rate of 60.9% through the first eight weeks. The rest of the way out, underdogs only covered at 45.9%. So if you just blindly faded underdogs the rest of the way out, you, you would have been profitable. Um, so huge drop off in 2012, which to be fair, that might be the one that we might want to put the, uh, the most value in since 2012 was only eight years ago. Whereas the other two years, uh, was 18 years ago and 21 years ago. Uh, so 1999 was the other year, 62.3% through the first eight weeks. The rest of the way out underdogs only covered at a rate of 47.3%. Uh, so two of the three years we saw a very significant regression to the mean on underdogs. So, uh, should you bet solely on underdogs that are on favorites the rest of the way out because of this? No. But what I would say is if you are handicapping every single game and you have a ton of favorites, uh, don't necessarily shy away because there are going to be some weeks the, the rest of the way out that favorites are going to do very, very well. So if you bet every game or even if you just like bet five or six games and they happen to all be favorites, don't let that sway you because it could possibly happen. Uh, that was just some uh, interesting information I wanted to share with you. Uh, but really quick, let's uh, recap last week because it was a bad, bad, bad week uh, for my bets. Um, I'm just going to – I didn't, don't have up in front of me exactly what my total units lost last week, but it was my worst week to date. I said on the podcast last week either I'm better at this than I think I am or I'm due for uh, a, bad, a couple bad weeks, and that's what I had last week. Four and ten. Worst week to uh, yeah, worst week so far because my uh, other really bad week was week one and I was six and ten. So four and ten this week for minus five point six seven units. Positive though, let's get the positives out. Season to date, I'm still uh, profitable. So season to date, that brings me to sixty one fifty six and one plus two point zero four units. Uh, so let's quickly go through the games here. Uh, Thursday night football, I was on the Panthers. Falcons ended up winning. Falcons look good. I'm going to talk about them when it, when we get to their Week Nine game here. Uh, Rams minus four against the Dolphins. That was, in my opinion, this. I mean, this is the thing with the NFL this past week is I feel like a lot of games I handicapped right. When you look at the yardage and kind of like how teams performed, it was the right pick. But then like weird things happen, which happen in sports. And and uh, I mean, this was one of them. Uh, I took Rams minus four against the Dolphins. Rams out gained them on offense 471 to 145 and lost by more than double or by double digits. <laughs> That's insane. Like there's Dolphins should not even have been close in this game. Um, fumble recovery for a touchdown, punt return for a touchdown, another fumble recovery all the way down to like the two yard line, which resulted in, in a touchdown. So just take away those two fumbles by Jared Goff and assume the rest of the game played out the same way, which I mean, it wouldn't have Rams would have even scored. I think they're in the red zone both those times or at least close to it. Um, but just take away those, those two touchdowns, the two fumble recovery touchdowns. 
or I should say the one fumble recovery touchdown and the other fumble recovery that led to a touchdown. They took it down to like the two yard line. Uh, Rams would want 17, 14. So, I mean, right there, that's the game. 471 yards gained by the Rams, 145, 145. That's it by the Dolphins. I handicapped that game, right? I should have won it. That was a piss off. That was the biggest uh, piss off of the week for sure. Uh, Colts minus three, even money versus the Lions. That one, that was easy. Browns minus two and a half. I mean, windy, rainy. I mean, that was one of those games where it lost. But I mean, those gate, those kind of weather games are kind of toss ups. Uh, Vikings plus seven versus the Packers. I nailed that one. That was my one of my favorite picks last week. Uh, Mike Zimmer. I told him. I said, run the ball, 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 run the ball. What they do? They ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and Dalvin Cook had like four touchdowns and a million yards. So I actually kind of wish I took Vikings money line there. Uh, Bills against Patriots lost by the hook because what they won by three and the spread was three and a half. So that kind of sucked. Chiefs beat the Jets, covered that huge spread for me. Uh, Ravens and the Steelers. I think that was another one where I think the Ravens might have outgained them, did they? Uh, Ravens, Steelers, sorry, I'm just bringing this up. Yeah, Ravens, 457 yards, Steelers only 221. So another one where I, I think I was on the right side, but it just didn't work out. Lamar Jackson had some bad turnovers, but that's part of the game. Titans, Bengals over 54. I think it ended at, what, 50 or 51, so that almost went over. Uh, it didn't, though. Uh, Titans offense looked bad. Uh, Broncos plus 155. Thank God I got this one. My money line underdog of the week. I hit it. That softened the blow a little bit. Big comeback. So I will admit I got some luck in that one because it looked like Chargers were going to win that game from the get-go. Broncos had that huge comeback. Saints minus four and a half for Bears. Another bit of a bad beat. Went to overtime. They won by three. So missed the cover by uh, two points. 49ers got shellacked by Seahawks. Uh, that was a bad bet. That one was just a bad bet. That one's on me. Cowboys Eagles over 43. Uh, glad I didn't bet on the Cowboys, but I lost anyways. Uh, Cowboys offense only scored, what, nine points? Hard hitting over only scoring nine points. And then Bucks Giants under 46. Uh, that lost on, like, one of the last plays of the game there um, uh, when the when the Bucks ended up. Uh, did they take? No, the Giants scored a touchdown then didn't get the two-point conversion. Is that what happened? Yes, that's what happened. So uh, that touchdown is what ruined it. Uh, so there you go. Tough week. A couple of bad beats. Uh, like I said, I, I will take uh, that Broncos win, though. That was my one kind of lucky win of the week. But uh, 4 10, um, 4 and 10 minus 5.67 units. Still profitable to date, though, plus 2.04. So let's get back on the right side of things. Let's have a winning week. Enough with the intro. It's time to get into my NFL Week 9 picks for the Bacon Bets podcast. <laughs> More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 All right, right before I get into my first uh, pick of the week for the Thursday Nighter, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Rate it if you have a couple of seconds. Uh, review it if you have 30 seconds. Um, and also, as far as a plug for this week, I'm uh, going to ask you guys if you have any spare funds to donate to uh, Movember. I started a little Movember page raising money for uh, men's health. I think it's an important thing. I think a lot of men's issues kind of get swept under the rug recently, so... Um, I'm going to keep doing this every year, starting with this year's uh, Movember. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but uh, I grow mustache, uh, raise money for men's health. 
uh, a lot of different things, aspects of men's health. I think it's prostate cancer, testicular cancer, uh, men's depression, suicide, things like that. So I'm not going to plug my donation link uh, to the show this week. I'm going to plug my uh, the, the charity. So I have that link posted on Twitter. I'm going to keep posting it throughout the month as my beautiful mustache grows. Uh, really, it's a poor excuse for a mustache. But if you have any... Uh, extra spare funds, please donate. I'm just trying to get to a modest goal of $500, so nothing crazy. I think I've raised 95 so far, I think is the right number. Uh, so uh, $400 to go. So uh, yeah, like I said, if you have any spare funds, if you've enjoyed the content, please donate to uh, Movember for Men's Health. I will tweet the page out uh, tonight, uh, so it'll be at the top of my Twitter feed. If you don't follow me on Twitter, it's Ian MacOS, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-O-S. I would appreciate all donations. Thank you very much. All right, let's get into my picks now. As of when I'm recording this Thursday afternoon, there's no line out for the Vikings-Lions game. I don't really, really know why. Is because uh, the Lions ran into COVID issues, I assume? I think. I think that's what I read. Uh, but either neither Bet Online or Bovada has a Vikings-Lions line, so I don't have a pick for that on this show. I'll tweet on my pick before Sunday. I think it was Vikings minus four. Uh, if that's the case, I'll probably take the, the Vikings, but uh, I'll tweet out my pick uh, when the line gets posted. Uh, probably sometime between now and kickoff on Sunday. But uh, without further ado, let's get into the games. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Thursday nighter because it's only gonna, by the time this gets uploaded, it'll probably only be like in three or two hours before the game. So hardly anyone's going to listen to this before the Thursday nighter. Uh, but I'm going to take Packers minus seven, minus 101 at uh, Bet Online. I assume everyone's going to take the Packers. How can you take the 49ers? 49ers are missing. I think I have this list right. Uh, Grappolo, Kittle, Sherman, Bosa, Samuel, Mostert, Ayuk. And Trent Williams, all those guys are out. Uh, if and it might even be more. Maybe I've missed a couple guys, but too many guys out. I just can't justify a bet on the Packers. You could take the under because I don't know who's going to score for the 49ers offense. The under might be the play. Um, I even uh, I put a little tweet yesterday. I mean, if the 49ers need someone to strap strap on the pads, I can do it. I can send them my high school <laughs> my high school highlight type. Yeah, yes. I mean, I might have 30 more pounds of fat on me compared to my glory days, but I mean, what other what other options do they have? Who else are they going to put out there? Throw me out there. I got heart. I got heart. I can run the ball. Give it, give it to me. Let booby spin. Give booby the ball. Let booby spin. Uh. So yeah, if, I mean, if my phone rings and I play and I play tonight, uh, then I guess I'm not going to bet on it because uh, I think that'd be illegal. So I'm expecting a phone call from the 49ers at any point in time here. Uh, it might have to get me on some kind of jet plane to get to San Francisco in time for the game. Though. Uh, so yeah, uh, Packers minus seven, not going to overthink it, not going to dive too much further into it because most of you guys uh, are probably listening to this after the game. So um, but Packers seems so obvious. I'm sure the 49ers will probably cover somehow. All right, let's get to the Sunday games. Bills Seahawks is the first game on the board. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, these are, these lines are all on bet online. I locked them in Thursday afternoon, right before recording this podcast. Bills Seahawks. I think Seahawks are one of the more public plays, but guess who I'm going to take? I'm going to take the Bills. I was actually kind of shocked to see the Seahawks were only three-point favorites, but uh, once I actually kind of started looking to, in, into it, I, I'm deciding on the Bills. It seems like a dumb play with how good uh, Russell Wilson and that Seahawks offense is uh, and how bad the Bills have played recently, uh, to be completely honest. But but hear me out here. Bills lean towards more of a passing style offense. 70.8% of their offensive yards are through the air, which is 10th in the NFL. They're also 10th in the NFL in passing yards per game and 10th in the NFL in passing yards per attempt. Uh, so I know Josh Allen has obviously struggled a little bit the past couple of weeks, but I think this is the perfect uh, bounce back spot for him and the Bills. Um, 
and I mean, when talking about the Seahawks, you guys know what I'm going to say because I say it about the Seahawks every single week. Their defense stinks. I just I have trouble betting on a team, even though they have Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I have a tr- trouble betting on a team with literally the worst defense in the NFL. I just it's tough for me to do it. It's like betting on a team in in Major League Baseball uh, with a with the, the worst bullpen in the league. I just it's it I, I'm maybe I mean that's got to be on me, but I, I I can't do it here. Dead last in opponent yards per game, giving up four hundred and sixty point nine yards per contest. That's almost five hundred yards a game. Jaguars defense is the next closest and they're giving up 424.4 yards per game. Uh, so what's that? Like uh, 36, about 36.5 more yards per game than the Jaguars. Dead last in opponent passing yards per game, uh, which is why I brought up how much the Bills pass the ball. They're also, the Seahawks are terrible at stopping the pass, giving up 358.7 yards through the air per game, 47.3 more yards than the next closest, which is the Falcons. At three three eleven point four, so I know I know it didn't work out for me last week when I took the 49ers against them, and maybe I'm just overthinking this and what really should probably be an easy bet on Seattle. Uh, but I'm going to take the Bills here. I think Josh Allen can have a field day. I'll take the points. I'm not going to take their money line. I'll take them plus three minus one twelve. Um, so that's uh, first pick for Sunday. Speaking of the Falcons, Falcons uh, taking on the Broncos this week, and for only the second time this NFL season, I am going to be backing the Atlanta Falcons at minus four minus one ten. Um, I've actually liked what I've seen quite a bit from them so far, especially their defense since Dan Quinn was fired. Outside of the, that last second shit show against the Lions, they look very solid in their three games since Quinn left. Uh, also, if there's any offense they can they can look good against, I mean, obviously outside of the Jets, it's going to be the Broncos. Broncos offense, bad. 27th in yards per game, 26th in points per play, 27th in yards per pass attempt. Um, meanwhile, Falcons offense, despite their bad record, still very good. Sixth in offensive yards per game, second in passing yards per game. So this might be a, a sell high opportunity on the Broncos after they're coming from behind winning against the Chargers last week, which cashed my money line underdog of the week. Um, but make no mistake about it. The Broncos stink and the Falcons are a couple plays away from being a five and three football team. Let's be real. I mean, I'm, am I lying? Spot the lie. The Falcons are like three plays away from literally being five and three. I mean, they just needed one good play in each of those three games that they blew. Just one good play, or one play that didn't go the other team's way, and they'd be a 5-3 and three football team right in the hunt for the playoffs. So, Falcons are probably going to break my heart again since I'm betting on them, but I'll take them minus 4, minus 110 against the Broncos. Uh, also, by the way, I'm just realizing right now, because I just mentioned the Broncos' money line underdog win, I don't have a money line underdog pick so far this week. Uh, I handicapped all the games, and I put down all my picks, but I didn't choosing Moneyline underdog pick. Uh, now that I'm looking through them, I don't know if there's any I can, because I took a couple underdogs, but those are, are on big spreads that I don't want to take the money line on, and the rest are totals and favorites. Hmm. Uh-oh. All right. I guess I do have a pick for Vikings lines. I'm taking Lions money line. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I, I promised I'd do a money line underdog pick. I mean, I said at the start of the show when I wasn't going to have a pick for Vikings line, I'd, I'd lean Vikings. I don't have any stats in front of me because I didn't handicap the game because there's no lineup right now. But whatever the line is, I'll, tell you, I'll just take a shot on Lions money line. Don't tail this pick. It's a gut pick. It's not even a gut pick. It's a, I need a money line underdog pick. So here we go. Uh, I mean, it's NFC North. It's a, it's a, it's a toss up. Maybe sell high on the Vikings after they just beat the Packers. Um, is Matt Stafford playing? Is he the one that's going to be out? I mean, if he is, that that might be a tough pick. Uh, shoot. Is Matt Stafford out? Matt Stafford. 
If he's playing, I'll take the I'll take the I'll take the Lions uh, Lions money line here. If he's out though, that might be tough because then it's going to be like a seven point spread. Uh, Lions place Matt Stafford on COVID list. <laughs> okay, so that's probably why there's no lineup right now. Uh, St- uh, his last contact with the person was Monday. He'll need five to be cleared to return. Um, so is he? That doesn't tell me if he's going to play or not. This is this is fascinating uh, audio for you guys to listen to me trying to figure out if Matt Stafford's playing or not. Uh, so this is why there's no line. Lions announced there's no need. So there, I mean, they're just not going to say whether or not he's going to. So I guess so. His status is up in the air for whether or not he's going to be playing on Sunday. So okay, I take that back. I'm not I'm not going to take uh, Vikings money line here or uh, Lions money line unless he plays. If he does, and that'll be my money line underdog of the week. If he doesn't, I don't have a money line underdog of the week. I apologize. Uh, I'll make two next week to make up for it. How's that sound? Next week, two money line underdogs of the week. This week, unless Matt Stafford plays, if he does, I'll take them on the money line. I'll tweet on my pick for that game. Uh, but apologies, I don't have a money line underdog for you guys this week. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it, it is what it is. All right, <laughs> moving on. Speaking of underdogs, uh, this next game, I am backing the underdog, but I I can't justify taking this uh, underdog on the money line. I'm going to take Bears plus 6.5 against the Titans. So Bears plus 6.5, minus 110 against the Titans. So yes, Bears fans, that's right. I'm actually betting on your team this year. So you guys don't uh, have to get mad at me. You better not let me down. Uh, But big reason why I actually like this is um, Bears are first. They're first in the NFL and third down defense. They stop teams on third down on 70.18% of third downs. Meanwhile, the Tennessee Titans dead last, and it's not even close in third down defense. They've only they only stop teams on third down with thirty eight point one four percent of the time. That's terrible. Uh, so that's what like a quick math thirty two percent difference between the Lions and the Titans on third down defense. So I mean that's the thing that glared out to me the most. Um, but basically, this game is just a good offense with a bad defense, which is the Titans going up against a team with a bad offense with a good defense, which which is the Bears. I mean, you combine the Bears defense with the Titans offense, it'd be a team that might go 16-0. and um, so, I mean, so it's a wash. Bears good defense cancels out the Titans uh, good offense. Bears bad offense cancels out the Titans bad defense. So I'll just go ahead and I'll take the points here. I'm not going to take Bears on the money line. I won't do that but I, I think it's just going to be a close game because I think it's a wash on both sides of the ball. So Bears plus 6.5, minus 110 against the Tennis, Tennessee Titans. Uh, moving on to the Ravens against the Colts. This is uh, I think this is my favorite total bet of the week. Uh, it's going to be Ravens-Colts under 47.5 at minus 110. Uh, each team's defense matches up well with the other team's offensive strength, which is why I like the under. 49.84% of offensive yards gained by the Ravens come on the ground. That's the highest mark in the NFL. Colts defense, though, very good at stopping the run, allowing second-fewest rushing yards per game, 79.9, and second-fewest opponent yards per carry at 3.4. Uh, and then on the flip side of things, 72.22% of the Colts' offensive yards come through the air. That's the sixth-highest mark in the NFL. But the Ravens are pretty good in stopping the pass. Second in opponent yards per pass attempt at 5.9. Third in opponent yards per completion at 9.2. Ravens defense is also very good on third down as well. Ravens defense uh, is fourth in third down defense. Um, So because of that, um, I will take the under 47.5 at minus 110 against the Ravens and the Colts. And that's my favorite total bet of the week. 
They're moving on to another underdog that I'll be backing on the spread, but no way I can take on the money line. And that's going to be the Panthers plus 10.5, minus 110 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I mean, I can't believe this is a double-digit <laughs> double spread. I mean, I am addicted to betting on the Panthers, I will admit that, but... Uh, I'm not going to stop now with them as a double-digit underdog. I mean, double digits in the NFL should be reserved for dumpster fire teams. Um, I don't care how good the Chiefs are. Double-digit spreads, uh, double-digit spread against the Panthers, who certainly aren't a dumpster fire team, just makes no sense. Panthers defense, 15th in opponent yards per game. Their offense is 19th in offensive yards per game. Second in punts per score, so they're only punting the ball 0.4 times per offensive score. They also have a positive turnover margin. They're fourth in completion percentage, ninth in net yards per play. So I just really don't understand the double-digit spread here. I mean, are, are they better than the Chiefs? Absolutely not. But, I mean, and, and I won't try to make the argument that they are, that they're going to win this game outright, but 10.5 points? Get out of town with that. I'll take Panthers plus 10.5 easy. That's no question. I haven't looked at the consensus for this. I mean, is that a public play or people on the Chiefs? I don't know. kind of want to look it up, though, because I'm curious. Uh, that seems like a ridiculous spread to me. If they were playing against, um, I mean, uh, uh, the Giants, that would make sense. They're playing against the Broncos, that would make sense. But the Panthers, the poor Panthers, what do they do to deserve a 10.5 point spread? I'm just delaying here as I look up the uh, consensus to see if I'm on the public side of that or not. Uh, but, but, but public big on the ball on the Ravens, eh? Interesting. Public big on the Jaguars, too, though, also interesting. Did I pass it? Where am I going here? Oh, Carolina. Yeah, 60% of bets are on Kansas City, minus 10.5. Weird. Uh, I don't get it. I'll take uh, the Panthers to keep it within 10 points. Texans, Jaguars, I'm going back to a total bet. This time I'm going over, over 15.5, minus 110. Uh, shocked that this total is only 15.5, but I th it's probably because earlier in the season when these two teams played, they only played to 44 points, but uh, I mean, I'm not going to let that affect me. I'll jump on the over at this number without question. Also, I think, was I on it? Was I in the over that game as well? I might have been. Uh, but these two are the worst defenses in the NFL. Texans third last in opponent yards per game. The Jaguars are second last. Texans allow the second most opponent yards per carry at 5.2. Jaguars allow the most yards per pass attempt at 8.4. 27th and 31st in opponent points per play as well. I mean, I could keep listing stats, but they'll all stay the same. Uh, these two are bottom five defense. Uh, worst five defenses right now in the NFL. Uh, well, it's got to be who? Seahawks, Falcons, Jaguars, Texans, and Cowboys, I think. And I, and I think I would be accurate in saying those five teams. So these are two of the worst five defenses in the league. If I had to pick a side, I would go uh, with the Texans because they're still one of the best passing offenses in the NFL. So they should absolutely shred the, shred the Jags defense. They're second in yards per pass attempt. But uh, with both teams being, uh, with both defenses being as bad as they are, plus, I mean, a seven-point spread makes me a little nervous. Uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and take the Texans-Jaguars over 50.5 at minus 110. Moving on to uh, the biggest shit show of a game on the board this week. Actually, that's Steelers-Cowboys are probably the biggest shit show. But as far as both teams being bad, Washington against the New York Giants, the NFC East, a poor excuse for an NFL division. Uh, I will go ahead and take Washington, minus one. Minus 128 was the juice at online, So not great for juice, but I'm, I do like Washington here at minus one. Big reason why... Um, something that nobody's really talking about. And Washington actually has one of the best defensive units in the NFL so far this season. Like, 
Top five, easy. Fourth in opponent yards per game. First in opponent passing yards per game. So they're actually the best pass defense in the NFL. Teams are only getting 185.9 yards through the air against them. They're also fifth in sacks per game, 3.1. Fifth in red zone defense as well. Uh, the Giants defense, I will say, is also actually pretty good. Uh, so I was initially leaning toward the under but, I mean, I think I just like Washington a little bit better because the uh, Giants defense hasn't been quite as good recently. Big thing that concerns me about the Giants defense is that they're 27th and 3rd down defense. Uh, so that's not good. Uh, but, but, I mean, both offenses stink. I, I don't really need to say that. Rank in the bottom five in most categories. But Washington has the, the superior defense. They're also at home. They're also coming off a bye week. Giants played Monday night. So uh, there's just enough things that point towards Washington for me to take Washington at minus one at minus 128. Is Washington going to get a team name or are they just going to stick to the football team? I kind of like the football team, but uh, it's kind of annoying to just keep calling them Washington. Maybe I'll just call them football team. Football team minus one, minus 128 against the shitty old Giants. Uh, Raiders Chargers. Um, I don't think I can count this as an underdog money line play because at Bet Online it is a pick'em. I'm just gonna check to see. Yeah, it's still a pick'em, and Raiders are favored by like four cents. Uh, so Raiders. I am gonna take the Raiders minus one twelve against the Chargers. Like I said, it's a pick'em, so this it's not a spread. It's just money line. Um, both these teams are kind of hard to handicap. I don't have a whole lot to say about this game because the Chargers are average in basically every single stat. So, like, I can't say, oh, they're really good here or they're really bad here. I can't, like, figure out, um, like, what matchups are good against them, what teams will do bad against them because almost every single thing, they're like, hey, Chargers are 14th in this. They're 17th in this. They're 13th in this. Uh, there's just nothing interesting about the Chargers' stats whatsoever. Uh, Raiders, why I'm going to back them. Their offense just looks a little bit better. Offense, uh, Raiders are third in completion percentage, second and third down conversion percentage, also first in the NFL in punts per offensive score. So they're hardly punting as well, uh, at least comparing to how often they score on offense. Um, Raiders have also had a few very impressive wins so far this season. They get, did get destroyed by the Bucks. They lost to the Patriots, but they beat the Saints, uh, beat the Chiefs, obviously. Uh, beat the Browns last week, but that was kind of a weird, windy, rainy game. Uh, so I'm just going to take the Raiders, minus 112 against the Chiages. So the next game on the board here is the Steelers against the Cowboys. Uh, lock this in Thursday afternoon before recording here. Steelers minus 13.5 at minus 117 against the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, of course you have to back the Steelers in here. No way in hell can I back the Cowboys. Last game against the Cowboys, I finally decided not to bet on them. I took the over. It's still lost. But honestly, uh, how do the Cowboys cover here? Who's starting for them at quarterback? Cooper Rush? Uh, Garrett Gilbert? I mean, first of all, you can't be a good quarterback with the name Garrett Gilbert. It's just not going to happen. Um, and they're going up against Steelers defense that is leading the league in sacks per game at 4.3. Also leading the NFL in hurry percentage. So good luck to Garrett Gilbert. I mean, there's nothing really else I can say about handicapping this game. How can you bet on the Cowboys? Uh, I will say Cowboys have a chance to set history this week. Good luck to Cowboys uh, to be the first ever NFL team to start their season 0-9 against the spread. Uh, that is what I'm rooting for, personally, because that's hilarious. Uh, the only other teams to start their season 0-8 against the spread was the 1992 Bengals and the 2003 Raiders. They both cover the spread in their ninth game. So, I, I mean, I don't think the Cowboys will. I just don't, are, are they going to be able to score at all? I mean, unless Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert end up being fantastic NFL quarterbacks off the practice squad, I, I don't see it. I mean, they only scored nine points last week against um, the Eagles. And the Steelers' defense is a lot better than the Eagles' defense. So good luck to Garrett Gilbert. I'll be taking 
The Steelers minus 13 and a half at minus 117 against the Cowboys. Lock it in. Next game we're looking at is the Cardinals against the Dolphins. Um, I'm going to take the Cardinals minus four and a half. I'm noticing now I have a lot of favorites this week again, so I'm sure this is going to go very well for me. Uh, Cardinals minus four four and a half, minus 110 against the Dolphins. I mean, this is almost a spite bet because in no world did the Dolphins deserve to beat the Rams last week. And if I'm being honest, Tua didn't look great. 54.4% completion rate, less than 100 yards. He didn't look good. He didn't. I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. Tua didn't look good in his debut. I'm just going to say it. Uh, I mean, he got the win. I guess at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But now he hits the road, taking on a Cardinals defense at a 7th in opponent completion percentage, 8th in opponent yards per completion, 10th in opponent average opponent passer rating. Cardinals' pass defense isn't the best in the league, but they're definitely a top 10 unit. I would say so. Also, Cardinals 5th in net yards per play at plus .7. Dolphins 21st at minus .3. Cardinals are also 2nd in rushing yards per game. Um, while the Dolphins' defense is 29th in opponent yards per carry. So, I mean, this one's a no-brainer to me. Cardinals minus 4.5. I believe they're, yeah, they're at home, right? Yep. Uh, minus 4.5, minus 110. No-brainer. Uh, just a couple games left here. Bucks, Saints, the Sunday night game. This is probably going to be, uh, this is a great Sunday night football game. I mean, it is. These are NFC South uh, opponents, which uh, obviously I hate all the NFC South teams except for the Panthers. Um so I hope both these teams, I hope these teams just play to a fucking tie or something. But I am going to take Bucks minus four, minus 110. Just going to superior, I'm going to ride with superior defense in this one. Neither team is going to be able to run the ball a whole lot. Uh, Bucks and Saints defenses are first and third in both opponent rushing yards per game and opponent rushing yards per carry. But Tampa has a big advantage in stopping the pass. Uh, so, And we all know this is going to be a sling fest between Brady and Breeze as they go back and forth to be the NFL career leader in passing touchdowns. Bucks sixth in opponent yards per pass attempt. Saints are 20th. Uh, they're also better on third down defense. Bucks rank 10th, while the Saints rank 22nd. Bucks are also second in sacks per game as well, 3.5. Also, Antonio Brown starting for the Bucks this week. Who the hell knows how that's going to work out? But, um, I mean, he seems so far. It seems like he's settled down. He hasn't gone on any uh, rampages or or emotional meltdowns on Twitter. He seems to be handling himself well. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he, sh I mean, if he plays well, he'll, he'll help that offense. He's too talented not to. So, um, I don't know. This is probably the game that's the toughest to call for me this week, but I am going to take Bucks minus four, minus 110 against the Aints. The old yucks against the Aints. Um, and then the Monday, <laughs> Monday night football game stinks. Um, but it stinks so much that it actually brings me a special kind of joy to my heart because the New England Patriots are taking on the New York Jets on Monday night. And the for the first time, literally, for the first time in my entire life of being an NFL fan, the Patriots suck. And that, that really, really does bring a special kind of joy to my heart. It really does. Um, I started watching NFL around 2004, 2005, somewhere in that range. Um, whatever year it was that the Steelers beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, that was the Super Bowl of the first year that I was watching. Um, Sean Alexander, I, I remember wanting him to win. Uh, but now in hindsight, I'm kind of glad the Steelers won because Jerome Bettis and uh, Bill Cowher got their Super Bowl. But at the time, I liked Sean. I think that was the year that Sean Alexander set the touchdown record, right? And then LT broke it a couple years later. Uh, but I digress. Patriots finally stink. Am I going to bet against them, though? No. What I'm going to take in this game on the Monday Night Football game is the under 42 and a half. Uh, so let's list some stats about how bad these offenses are. 
Patriots 21st in yards per game, Jets are dead last. Patriots are 29th in points per game, Jets are dead last. Patriots are 23rd in third down conversion percentage, Jets are dead last. Patriots are 27th in net yards per play, Jets are dead last. Patriots are 28th in red zone offense, Jets are, you guessed it, dead last. (laughs) Uh, Historically bad offense. They're literally dead last in every single offensive stat that I looked at. Uh... Both teams' defenses are better than their offenses. I mean, Jets' defense still stinks, but at least they don't rank dead last in everything. They're kind of in, like, the low 20s in most categories. Uh, And the Patriots' defense is right around middle of the pack in most categories. So I'll go ahead and just take the under 42.5 at minus 110 for Monday night football. Uh, There you go. There's 13 picks. The only game I missed was Lions and Vikings. I said if Matt Stafford does play I could not confirm whether or not he does or whether or not he's going to if Matt Stafford does play I think I will take Lions money line as my money line underdog of the week but if not uh, I don't know we'll see what the line is if he's not because I assume it's gonna be larger than four if he doesn't play Uh, so I will tweet out my pick for that between now and kickoff but other than that those are my 13 plays of the week I'll give you my five best bets now I will say something when I give out my five best bets it's usually lines up with my cap or cup picks Uh, but since I didn't handicap the games or record them until Thursday or record this podcast until Thursday afternoon I had to put in my cap or cup picks before I handicapped the games which is I mean I basically just went off my gut Um, so four of the five even after handicapping the game I would have stuck with actually three of the five wow i put okay i'm just, <laughs> just looking at my five capper cup picks now i don't know what i was thinking doing one of them um and the other one i wouldn't have liked either so my best bet of the week i think um is between while well, i put it in the capper cup as panthers plus 10 and a half versus chiefs the game that i didn't add on to this list that if in hindsight if i would have handicapped the games beforehand i would have and it might have been even my best bet and that's cardinals minus four and a half against the dolphins um but that is not in my capper cup picks unfortunately uh, so my other Capra Cup picks, Buffalo plus 2.5 against Seattle, that still would have stayed in there. Steelers minus 13.5 against the Cowboys, that would have stayed in there. I put Ravens minus 2.5 versus Colts. Um, I would not have put that in there. I probably would have taken the under uh, in that game instead uh, for Capra Cup. And then this guy, I don't know what I was thinking. Bucks and, and a bad line on the Bucks too. Bucks minus 5.5 against the Saints is a Capra Cup pick. I mean, that's just bad. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, that's a bad line. It's down to 4 right now, I think. Um, so if I, I would have just taken that game completely out. Cause I, even I think when I think I was breaking down my pick on the podcast, I even said, I think it's the hardest game to handicap this week. Um, so instead of that one, my fifth best bet would be bears plus six and a half versus Titans or maybe Falcons. Let's go Falcons minus four. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> kind of confusing, but I'll, I'll just recap them as of right now. It's not going to line up with Capra cup, but if you want my five best bets, it's Panthers to cover versus chiefs. Bills to cover versus Seahawks, Cardinals to cover versus um, Dolphins, the under in the Ravens-Colts game, and then Falcons minus four against Broncos. So there you go. Uh, and then I'm just going to uh, quickly recap all the picks here. Packers minus seven Sunday or Thursday night football, Bills plus three, Falcons minus four, Bears plus six and a half, Ravens-Colts under, uh, Panthers plus ten and a half, Texans-Jaguars over 15 and a half, Washington minus one against the Giants, Raiders minus 112 against the Chargers, Steelers minus 13 and a half against the Cowboys, Cardinals minus four and a half against the Dolphins, Bucks minus four against the Saints, and then Patriots-Jets under 42 and a half. But there you have it. That's all I got for you guys this week. Next week, keep an eye out because next week uh, I will have two episodes. I will have an episode drop on Tuesday morning. Hopefully that'll make up for this uh, episode being delayed today. But Tuesday morning, 
That podcast will be my master's preview. I'm going to be able to dive into it deeper than what I did on my video preview. One, because I mean, I have limited time in the video. And two, I'm going to have more information uh, because the Houston Open will be done. And there's going to be some more information for me to be able to dig into. So in-depth master's betting preview on Tuesday. Also, first interview with the Bacon Bets podcast. I'll be talking to Dave Mason. Um, I still need to figure out actually how to record interviews uh so i gotta figure that out sometime over this weekend but i'm going to talk to him about the u.s election and the live odds that happened throughout from a sports betting perspective that's going to be a very interesting interview i'm very excited to talk to dave mason um and what else am i going to talk about on the show uh, i guess whatever else is going on that week uh i guess ufc's or ufc that week i'll make a pick so you guys can fade those ufc picks um i don't know i'll figure something out but it'll definitely have the dave mason interview and definitely we'll have an in-depth masters betting preview so keep an eye on for that tuesday uh, podcast, but that's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, if you have any money that you're willing to and able to donate to my Movember cause for men's health, uh, check out the link in my Twitter. I will tweet out a new link at some time this evening, sometime th- Thursday evening. Uh, but other than that, I love you all. Subscribe to the show, please. Tell your friends. Tell everyone. Tell your computer technician. Tell your... I don't know. You should have told people at the voting polls is what you should have done. When you're lining up to vote for whoever you voted for, you should have told them to listen to the Bacon Bets podcast. That's all I got for you. I'm not going to waste any more time. Best of luck this week. This was the NFL Week 9 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Good luck. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.